Dean is allergic to scoring, that's really the problem. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Beauvillier, Gabriel Pajot, all guys who had great playoffs the last two years really have not um, exceeded expectations, to say the least, this year. And I think the loss of Eberle uh, is felt maybe more than people expected it to be. He was really important to that top six and on the power play. All right, welcome to the 49th episode of Clubhouse Combos. It's your host, Colin Scully, as usual, joined by my good friend, Evan. How are we today? I'm good. Good to be back with you. Great weather. Yeah, great weather today. Beautiful. Newman, how are you doing today? Great. The fucking, yeah, beautiful weather. Yeah, it's perfect. No Dan today. He's absent. He's got some schoolwork to do, Um, which is kind of funny because... Just the three of us and uh, Clubhouse Combos would be celebrating its birthday in three days, one year old. So it's been a good little run, fellas. Yeah, a good, good little run. Yeah, great, great discussion there. All right, let's get into <laughs> sports, I guess. Uh, we'll go to power rankings first. Um, no dance, we don't have the graphics. So I will read mine first. You guys want to do NBA first? Yeah, should we do them in uh... – yeah, we'll just do one. Everyone does one. Everyone sure. does two. That okay. makes sense. Um, my number one, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. I have Phoenix Suns. Two, I have Golden State. Memphis Grizzlies. Ooh. I have Memphis as well. Ooh, I have Memphis at three. Miami Heat. Golden State. I have Miami at four. Golden State. Miami. I have Chicago at five. Chicago. Milwaukee. Uh, I have Utah at six. Dallas. Chicago. Seven, I have Philadelphia, 76ers. Utah. Uh, Philly. Eight, I have Dallas. Milwaukee. Dallas. Nine, I have Denver. Cleveland. I have Utah. I have Cleveland at 10. No Milwaukee for me. I have Boston. I have Cleveland. I knew no Milwaukee. No Milwaukee for me. I did them last night and um, just, you know, I was looking at the standings and I just felt like I know Milwaukee and Cleveland have basically the same record, but I don't know. I don't know. Something about Milwaukee this year. They don't feel as dominant as they were uh, when they won the title. A short year ago just feels i don't know i like yeah. other teams more right now i guess i would say i didn't yeah. like the demon tenzo trade um and other teams are hot like obviously cleveland's been kind of hot all year but philly's been hot utah's getting hot again both dallas and denver have been pretty hot so um yeah so for me um i'd go in state of four i feel pretty good about that um you know they lost to the clippers uh before the break they also lost to denver on a buzzer beater um and there's a tweet uh by stan van gundy uh 
There are currently only three teams in the NBA who are in the top 10 in both offensive and defensive rating. Phoenix, second best offense, fourth best defense. Memphis, fifth best offense, seventh best defense. And Miami, seventh best offense and sixth best defense. So I think those three teams, to be able to have that that much success on both ends of the floor, uh, to me, signifies like, you know, they're an elite company. Um, also worth noting that 10 of the 12 NBA teams currently in a playoff position are also in the top 12 in defensive rating. Um, the lone exceptions who are not top 10, or uh, sorry, are, that are not uh, that, I guess, good in the defensive rating department, uh, Chicago and Denver. Denver 13th on defense. And Chicago is interesting because obviously they've had some injuries, no ball, no Caruso, no Williams. You know, those guys are kind of your defense. Your defense. Chicago 21st in the NBA in defense. So I think that is something to keep an eye on. I think the Celtics, with the way they've been playing, have been – I know they're top three in defense. they got to be close to yeah. joining that list on the offensive side as well. Um, it's weird. A month ago, we fucking hated the Celtics. Now, now they're all right. I know. Close to cracking the top ten. But um, yeah, maybe next week. I don't know who they got coming up. Uh, Nets tonight or tomorrow. That'll be a tough Win. test. Win. And then Pistons on, over the weekend. Well, we just lost to Detroit. <laughs> hey. Somehow. Never two in a row. Pathetic. Uh, moving to the NHL side of things, I think this one will have a little bit more debate. Uh, Florida is my number one, as they have been. Colorado. Florida. Let's go, Newman. I have Colorado, too. Florida. Colorado. Carolina. Hurricanes, three. Carolina. Carolina. Four, I have the Calgary Flames. Calgary. Rangers. I have the Rangers at – no, sorry, I have the Penguins at five. Oh, Minnesota five. Tampa. Rangers at six. Rangers. Calgary. Tampa at seven. Tampa Bay. Minnesota. Toronto at eight. St. Louis. Pittsburgh. Minnesota and nine. Toronto. Toronto. You guys have St. Louis ahead of Toronto? Just beat them 6 3. Yeah. Oh, I guess you're right. But I don't know. Toronto's been red hot Lost uh, to Columbus, too, the other night. Yeah, Last they did night. in overtime. Yeah. Um, your 10? Anybody have any thoughts? Oh, my 10 is St. Louis. Uh, Pittsburgh. My 10 is St. Louis as well. Uh, anybody have any thoughts? Um, I guess for me, I mean, Pittsburgh at five, like that would be where I would kind of personally push back. I mean, four wins in their last 10. Um, personally, based on what I've seen from them, they have not been that impressive. Uh, Jari kind of starting to crack a little bit. And I just think, uh, I think the Rangers, Minnesota, Calgary, um, I don't even think so. Like, I just think those teams are better than Pittsburgh is right now. Uh, just my opinion, but. I don't know. I, I like Pittsburgh. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, they're pretty much healthy now. Um, they just score so many goals. What is, what's their goal differential? I'd be curious. Pretty good. Or 33. 33. It's higher than the Rangers. Yeah. Um, but 173 goals. It's got to be towards the top of the league. Uh, Carolina, 176. 
Toronto 179, Florida 212. Holy fuck. Uh, I can't imagine a Western Conference team has more goals than Pittsburgh. No, Colorado, St. Louis, Many. Minnesota, and that's it. So they're definitely top 10 in goals. Um, I feel confident in the back end. Jari's played really well this year. I know he's had a couple of bad games, but I still think they're deserving of a top five spot right now. They were just in first place a week ago. Well, I yeah, and I, go ahead, Newman. I think I just think they're one of those teams like the Rangers. I think needs to be active at the deadline as they usually are. I feel like Pittsburgh's always in the mix. For Pittsburgh's a always like the most active. I feel yeah. like they always get that third, line, year, right? that third line yeah, center yeah, every year who plays but, unbelievable for them. Exactly. So Carter was they need so a new, good. A new backup goaltender, I think. Um, and then probably some more depth scoring. Can't go wrong with more depth scoring. And uh, joining us right now is Dan Ace. Dan, what's up, my guy? Not much. Uh, homework assignment took a little longer than I thought it would, so was not able to show up on time, but here I am. Popping in the middle of power rankings. Basically the end of power rankings. I think that was the end of the discussion. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, we'll, we'll jump right into this, and Evan is going to highlight the Calgary Flames. Uh, we all had them. Uh, actually, Newman did not have them in his top five, but they have been red hot. Tell us about them, Ev. Yeah, so um, Calgary back on, I believe it was February 4th, was our last kind of when we reviewed the power rankings. Um, and, you know, reasonably, Dan I had that question. I was the only one to have Calgary in the top 10. I think I had them at eight that week. Um, I said, I think this team – you know, I decided that they really hadn't played a lot of games. I love their goaltending. They got one of the best lines in hockey. And um, they have won eight straight games since uh, that episode was re- recorded. Uh, Ten straight in total. Um, they're just they're, – they're unbelievable. Um, let's go kind of through their, their wins here. I can maneuver through all these ads. January 29th, one nothing win in overtime against Vancouver. Johnny Gaudreau had the overtime goal. February 1st, 4-3 win at the Dallas Stars. Uh, again, their second line really getting going. They got Blake Coleman on that line with Majipani. Um, their defense really stepping up. February 2nd, they beat Arizona 4-2. to two. Uh, It was kind of like a back-and-forth game at first. They were able to pull away. 6 nothing against it's Vegas. the all-star break, too. Yep. A 6 nothing win against Vegas on February 9th. That was the Matthew Kachuk through the legs goal. Um February 10th, the next day, they beat Toronto 5-2. to I bet on them that game. February 12th, 5-2 to win against the Islanders. February 15th, this is around when they acquired Tyler Toffoli from the Montreal Canadiens. They put up six more goals February 15th and a 6-2 win against Columbus. Um, another six goals February 16th against the Anaheim Ducks. They won 6-2. Uh, the other night, uh, February 19th, they beat Seattle 2-1. Um, and then uh, three to one against the Winnipeg Jets, uh, February 21st. So that is their 10 game win streak right now. And really unbelievable team, I, I think. Um, uh, I have a guarantee to make about them. Uh, first off, the goaltending Markstrom has been one of the best goaltenders in the league this year. They have the, I would argue right now, probably the best, best line in hockey. I would argue that Lindholm, such an underrated player. Kachuk and Gaudreau really getting going. Uh, and depth, the depth with this team, all four lines can score. I love their defense. I think I'm going to guarantee that they will make the Western Conference Finals. And if they make the Stanley Cup, I think they're going to win it. I think Daryl Sutter, 
He's won cups with the Los Angeles Kings in this past decade. Uh, what he's done with this team is simply phenomenal, and I, I'm all, I'm all, uh, I'm all aboard the flame strain. And you agree? You, I, I was listening to the audio. You, you did not have a problem with me having them top ten. No, I didn't. February fourth. Uh, Newman, you can go first. Yeah, sure. Um, I do think they are a team that to watch for the Western Conference Final. I don't mind that, but I think Stanley Cup is kind of overblowing it a little bit. I mean, you look at the teams they beat on this streak. They're all kind of all kind of middle of the playoff road. teams currently. Yeah, and then you go back to right before the streak started. They lose six two to Florida, four one to Tampa, and six three to Carolina. So I just don't. I think they're just beating up on bad Western teams. I mean, the East I think would roll right over them. It seems like. Yeah, I would agree with you, Newman. Um, I don't see Stanley Cup for them. I do think they'll have a deep playoff run in the West. But, again, only two playoff teams in that stretch, Toronto and um, who was it? Vegas, bro. Vegas. Toronto. Oh, so it was three. Toronto, Vegas, and one other. Um, sorry. Let me look at this list. Right, Dallas or – yeah, I don't know if Dallas is in right now. Um, Toronto, Columbus. Yeah, no, so just Toronto and Vegas. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, definitely impressive wins and impressive month for the Calgary Flames. You make good points with the depth scoring. That first line is amazing. I think all three of them are, are like one, two, and three and plus minus this year. Yeah. Um, but Stanley Cup feels like a bit of a stretch to me. I think I'll just say this Calgary uh, became the first team in NHL history to sweep a homestand of seven plus games, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. And I do think if any team is going to be Colorado, it's going to be this team. Absolutely. I think a healthy Vegas would be a, a pretty fair fight. I think Minnesota is, has the potential to beat them as well, but we'll see. We'll see. It should one, one good, Western Conference teams should make it interesting. And the Pacific is fucking wicked tight right now with Edmonton, L.A., um, Anaheim, I believe. Two of those teams are at 59. Edmonton's at 60. LA's, uh, very I know close. L.A. is tied with Edmonton. It is very wow. close. Hit more. See more. Yeah. Uh, Pacific. There you go. Yeah, so Calgary sits atop with 66 points. Gold, uh, Gold Knights, 62 Edmonton, LA, and Anaheim, all 59 points. And even Vancouver with 54. They're not out of it yet. So it'll be interesting to see how that division plays out during the rest of the year. I know we all said we expected only three teams to make it from the Pacific. But um, you never know. Winnipeg and Dallas really have not gotten going like we expected them to. Right now, both teams would miss Winnipeg and Dallas. It would be four and four. Um, with Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, and Nashville pretty much locked in in the central top four, I'd say, outside of, I guess, Nashville. There's a chance they could fall out. But mm. should be an interesting finish to the year, <clears throat> excuse me, on the western side of things. On the eastern side of things, the Columbus Blue Jackets have been relatively hot lately, powered by Patrick Lyonnais. He's got 20 points in his last 12 games, including 11 goals, had two last night against uh, Toronto. They're eight and two in their last 10. Lionel has been absolutely outstanding, kind of emerging as that point a night, point plus per night kind of guy that they thought they were getting when they made that deal, sending Luke Dubois to Winnipeg. So 
It's been interesting to see Columbus get hot. I think they're probably out of it just with the goaltending and defense, but they're making a good little push here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I add. Just lining's red hot. Anything to add from anyone? Uh, well, I'll go real quick. I'll go real quick. It's always so funny because uh, I feel like Linus has some of his better games against Matthews in yeah. Toronto. Like, I think he had, like, was it his first career hat trick against them, too? Like, yeah. I don't know. He's done some, like, funky shit against Toronto in the past. Yeah, I believe he got that hat trick. They started chanting, uh, Linus better and all that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're not, I mean, I mean, they are kind of out of it. They're, nine points behind Boston, but I mean, they are the third up or like first up for the wild card. Um, although the East, the East top eight in the East is just so good that I just, I think they're out of it at this point, but it's good to see him. I know they, the beginning of the year, we thought they were going to trade him and now, now he's so fucking valuable. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was going to propose this question. Do you think they still move him and capitalize on probably the highest his value has been since they got him? I'd say no. I think you got to build around them. I mean, second overall pick, not too long ago. Yeah. That to me seems like a good building block for them. Yeah, they got to start somewhere. Can't just trade away all their their core pieces. I agree. Dan, anything to add? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, We'll move on then. We'll move on to the NBA side of things. Couple somewhat big headlines. I guess Dan's more so than Newman's is the Chris Paul injury out for six to eight weeks. Dan, if you want to fill us in on that. Yeah. Um, so obviously he has the thumb injury. Uh, he had an MRI like a couple days ago. Um, and like you said, he's out six to eight weeks. Um, and I really just want to highlight this. Um, I don't think that like this will derail how good Phoenix has been. Um, but just more to kind of point out how significant Chris Paul has been. For the Suns this year, um, I just had it up. He was scoring, I think it was 15 points a game. Um, and then he was also, uh, he had. Yeah, Dan, points. I hate to interrupt you. Can you plug <laughs> your fucking mic in all the way? <laughs> Sounds like you're talking through a toaster. <laughs> How does that sound? Better, much better. All right. So how much did you guys hear, I guess? <laughs> everything. No, we heard everything. It's just staticky. <laughs> all right. Um, I got to get this mic situation figured out, but anyway, so basically uh, 15 points per game, he's averaging 10.7 assists per game. Um, and this is a guy, when you look at the rest of the team, no one has over five assists, um, and their backup point guard, uh, Cameron Payne, he only has, I think four assists. So this is a guy that's really good at facilitating. Uh, we, we knew that, but, um, I mean, six to eight weeks is a long time in the NBA. Uh, a lot of games are going to are going to get played, um, and I mean, if you really look at it, no one else is really facilitating the ball for uh, for Phoenix. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how the West, uh, the Western Conference standings, uh, kind of, I guess, play out over the six to eight weeks. Yeah, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised that uh, Phoenix didn't pursue a guy like Goran Dragic, uh, pretty good facilitator, was a free agent, signed with Brooklyn. Um, used to play there. Yes. But I'm kind of surprised he did not pursue him. I feel like that would have been a good uh, stop, stop hole or whatever it's fucking called uh, for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. And I, I mean, I almost thought about dropping them in my power rankings, but I feel like they got to prove it. I mean, campaign stepped up in last year's playoffs yeah, too. Yeah. Like he was, he was really kind of their X factor. So I'm willing to give this team a chance just to see kind of how they are without Chris Paul, but I think they could be kind of maybe 
uh, heading to some trouble. Uh, maybe I'll drop them in my power rankings next week, depending on how this next week goes. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, I mean, losing Chris Paul is so devastating. Like he like flips franchises. So you see what he did with the Thunder, the fucking yeah. when he got sent to the Rockets. He's so valuable. Elevates Booker's game, elevates Aiton's game. One of the best point guards of all time. Um, and I'm always—he's my favorite player, so I, I'm hyping him up a little bit. But um, I, yeah, yeah, I Cameron Payne, like you said, was huge in the playoffs last year. So if he can step up, I think they'll be fine. Um, but if not, you're gonna need big contributions. Booker's gonna have to play at a superstar level. So I mean, they have quite the cushion in, in the West. So I, I, I don't think they have too much to worry about right now. But if it if they start to play poorly, I guess there's some cause for concern. Maybe throw Monty a fucking jersey. Get him out there <laughs> facilitating. He probably still could. That guy's in tip-top shape. Um, our last headline is Newman's it's the dunk contest, which I think we all agree was fucking dog shit. Yeah, the dunk contest was quite shit. I mean, I feel like everyone saw Shaq just, like, staring blankly at the the, the TV screen. Um, Dude, this is so funny. Yeah, like, I, I'll tell you, who the fuck like, – First off, I couldn't even name you half the people in the dunk contest. You had Cole Anthony, who's young, Jalen Green's young, Obi Toppin's young, and then like Juan Toscano Anderson. Who the fuck is that? <laughs> um, I just feel Four. like they need they need to bring it back to the old days. Like you have Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon going at it. That was so cool. Bring back the props, like Blake Griffin jumping over the car. I remember watching that one and being like so amazed. The fucking Aaron Gordon doing the under the legs over the hoverboard. Like, that's what the dunk contest is all about. Like, do something cool. Like, these guys, Jalen Green took like 15 fucking attempts to land all his dunks. Or, so, yeah. like, come on. They should limit the attempts, get the star power in there. I know, like, John Morant has said he'll never do it. But, like, get him in there. LeBron needs to be in one before he retires. It's just. It's a bad look. Like they, they hype up the All Star Game in the NBA more than almost any other sport, and it's just such a flop when shit like that goes down. They got to start offering some sort of monetary, you know, give the winner a million bucks or something like that. Give them a million bucks participated. I also think they should make it All Stars only. Like if you're not an All Star, you're not there. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's really unfortunate because Colin, I just remember so many times so we watched watch, yeah. you know, the dunk contest together, and um, it was always just kind of like, oh, we, we would look forward to it because you, you never knew what you were going to see. Um, and I do, I agree with both of you that I think it's a shame, kind of what's happening with the event. And um, I agree, kind maybe some monetary sort of, um, you know, payout would would do a lot of good. Uh, but, I'd love to see Aaron Gordon again. Newman, you referenced that, like Levine, like maybe Oladipo when he's back, like just some guys who've been in it before and like enjoyed it. It's just, it's fucking stupid now. Obi Toppin. Uh, and oh, and I love how like, you know, the guys on the broadcast are still like trying to freak out. It's like the same, yeah. the same way. Like, where's Vince Carter? Well, the surprise factor is gone too, right? Because like Jalen Green, if he pulled that dunk off the back side of the backboard, if he pulled that off the first time or even the second try, like it would have been a very impressive dunk, but it takes him seven, eight tries. What happened to three hard limits, dude? Like should have nobody wants to see that anymore. It's just like, what the fuck? Try something different. Just dunk the ball and move on. Like, I don't know. The, the, the quality of the product has deteriorated quite quickly for the NBA. 
Yeah, I will say I think the the skills competition was pretty good. They they did a little revamp. I did not there. see that part. Yeah, they just I changed up a little part. bit. It seemed more exciting. Dan, do you have anything to add before we move to the lineup card? Not really. Um, kind of like you guys have been saying, just NBA All Star Weekend's really boring. Um, I feel like it's just it's the same like the Pro Bowl. Just no one really tries. No one get injured, so there, there's no real product out there. I don't think a monetary like incentive is going to change that. What's a million bucks to these all stars that are making 30 million, 40 million a year. So it, I mean, it gets views because people hope maybe one day it will be fun, but it's just not. Um, so yeah, nothing else really other than it's boring. They're just excited to go hang out with each other and go to bars and clubs. <laughs> yeah. For the weekend. It's really a recruiting trip for a lot of them, like LeBron and yeah, all those yeah. guys. It's just to kind of see what the offseason is going to be like. Wasn't that like how the Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum rumor started or something like that? Like, yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the lineup card. Uh, question number one, who has been the biggest disappointment in the NHL this year? Options are a Philadelphia Flyers, for 15, 26, and 10. B, Montreal Canadiens, fresh off a Stanley Cup win, sit at 11, 33, and 7. Uh, and the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, option C, 18, 26, and 8, and then other, if you wish. Well, thank you for taking over the segment for, for today. Oh, uh, you did it once before. It went very well. So I, I have good hopes for this one. I went with the Chicago Blackhawks in part due to the off the field or off the, field, off the ice issues this year uh, between this, whatever his name was, like the terrible dude that they had working with them that like fucking like raped one of the yeah. players, like fucking disgraceful. People knew about it. Joe Quenville got fired. Stan Bowman was forced to step down. And then the, they, the, 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 president of the team has like a conference and they ask him about it. He's like, Oh, we don't want to talk about it. So it's just like the team is just like in shambles uh, from management. They fired Colleton. Uh, it was a disaster. They have this interim who will, certainly won't be back Flurry, They will probably be traded. It, the team's just been a joke this year. Seth Jones. Boquist has probably been better than Seth Jones. No, I looked last night. Cause I was thinking the same thing. Jones has 30 or 31 points this year. And he's been very good. Uh, regardless though, just disappointment in Chicago. Newman? I think I'm actually going to go off the board to a team I thought was going to be incredibly good. It's the New York Islanders. Where the fuck have the New York Islanders gone? I mean, the, on paper, you have Sorokin and Varlamov. That should be a top tandem. I, I haven't really heard much about them this year. Barzal has, I believe, 34 points. There's not like not even half of the, the league leader. Um, so it's just a disappointing year for them. I thought... I think I had them either first or second in the Metro and they're so far out of a playoff spot at this point. It's just frustrating. I think because I think the past three years, they could have easily, if they beat Tampa, I think they had a great shot to win one, maybe two cups. Um, so I think it's just a disappointing year for them. Dan. I also had the uh, Islanders going off the board. Um, I was high on them coming into the year for as little as I knew about hockey then. Um, but, I mean, you kind of just at least looking at the standings, kind of just a, a quick view at them, just not where I thought they would be at this point in the year. Um, so very disappointed in that take, I guess, to have them second in the East. The team is allergic to scoring. That's really the problem. Yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Anders Lee, Josh Bailey, Beauvillier, Gabriel Pajot, all guys who had great playoffs the last two years really have not um, – 
exceeded expectations to say the least this year. And I think the loss of Eberle uh, is felt maybe more than people expected it to be. He was really important to that top six and on the power play. Um, losing him to Seattle, I think was a big, a big hit. I went with Philadelphia here. I had them very high, I think second, maybe even first. Uh, and the Islanders were high for me as well, but Philadelphia, it's just like, they did a thought, like a lot of good things in the off season. You, you move Nolan Patrick. Finally, uh, you get Ryan Ellis bringing Rista line in, um, your young guys are a year older. They have more experience, <laughs> connect me, therapy, um, you trade Voracek, Cam Atkinson has kind of worked out actually. Um, but I don't know. I just, I expected more from Philly. Carter Hart's been a disaster. Ellis has missed most of the year. The defense is pretty uninspiring. Probably going to trade Drew. So it looks like a reset for Philly, but I just expected more out of them this year. On the flip side of things, uh, who has been the biggest surprise in the NHL this year? A, Pittsburgh Penguins at 31, 13, and 8. B, Calgary Flames at 30, 13, and 6. And I'm Ducks at 25, 19, and 9. And D, other. I went with Calgary. Um, didn't have them in the playoffs. I, again, I'm not sure why. Um, I think I had Vegas, Edmonton, and Los Angeles out of the Pacific. And this is just a team who came uh, coming into the year was just flying under the radar. We all knew, you know, their first line. We knew of Markstrom. Uh, just I think we were all sleeping on this team. And uh, like I said, what Daryl Sutter's done with them is unbelievable. And he should probably be uh, in strong consideration for coach of the year. I think for me, it's got to be Anaheim. I, I didn't even consider them in my my preseason playoff picks. Uh, just the production they're getting out of, you know, Getzloff, uh, old guys like him, and then young guys. It's like Troy Terry has burst onto the scene. Zegris is playing fantastic in his first full season. They're getting great goaltending from Gibson. Like, they – I don't think they're in a playoff spot right now anymore, but I think they could make a solid push to get into the playoffs, and then who knows, you know – I believe they pulled. They've pulled off upsets before in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And fucking when you have Zegers trying to pull off the Michigan every other game, good things are going to happen. <laughs> um, this is very tough for me because not knowing much about hockey, it's hard to be surprised by anything when it when something <laughs> happens. Um, <laughs> but, jeez, I guess I'd have to go Calgary. Um, and, I, and this isn't so much just preseason expectations, just kind of going back to the point where I question Evan why he had Calgary in his top 10, just kind of the comeback that they've had this year um, to get to where they are now. I just didn't expect it. Um, even early on, just, I don't know. I, I'd have to go with Calgary because I'm a little surprised by how well they're doing right now. So, But this one's tough. My answer is Pittsburgh. Uh, I didn't have them in the playoffs. Obviously, everyone kind of felt like, the, the core was running out of time with Tang, Crosby, Malkin all getting older uh, as each season passes by, but they're just a wagon. Like they pretty much win with anyone in the lineup. Mike Sullivan is a top five coach in the league easily. I think he should be in consideration for the Jack Adams. Um, and, and they just like guys like Dan Heinen and just no names that go to Pittsburgh always find some way to produce. I think Heinen's got double digit goals, which is more than Jake DeBrus can say that fucking bum. Um, yeah, uh, it's gotta be Pittsburgh for me. Very surprising to see them sitting in the top two. They've been in first throughout the year. 
Uh, and they had that huge, huge run through like December and January where they almost didn't lose. So I got to go Pittsburgh there. Uh, moving over to the NBA now, who has been the biggest disappointment in the NBA this year? Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, surprisingly on this list, sitting at 31 and 28. The Atlanta Hawks, another somewhat surprise, sitting at 28 and 30. Los Angeles Lakers, another surprise, sitting at 27 and 31. And then feel free to go off the board. I went with the Lakers. I believe I had them third in the West. Uh, just I, I thought they had all the pieces. Anthony Davis, I thought Russell Westbrook, who actually was pretty good with Washington last year. I thought uh, those three, obviously with LeBron, would, would really gel. Um, and they've run into just so many problems this year. And there's been so much drama around the team. Uh, you know, they wanted to make a trade. They didn't make a trade. Like, I, I thought they'd be good, but, uh, you know, here I am. Yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think I had them either second in the East, maybe uh, at least top four in the East, and now they're sitting at the back end of the plan in the 10th seed. It's just strange after, you know, they make a splash in that first round last year against New York. Trey Young kind of comes into his own, and he's having a good year, averaging 28 points and nine assists. But it just seems like everyone else on the team just can't get their shit together. Um, and I believe they're on the verge of just being out of the plan altogether. Yeah, just a game up on Washington. I mean, if they were to miss the playoffs this year, that would be devastating for Atlanta. Um, and I believe, yeah, Los Angeles also on the verge as well. So two good picks. Um, I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets. Um I had the Lakers and the Nets really high in my like preseason predictions. Um, but I think when you just look at like Brooklyn, um, I really thought that big three was going to work out. Whereas in LA, I was kind of skeptical of the whole Westbrook fit. Um, and I know Brooklyn's had to deal with the whole Kyrie thing, the whole vaccination thing. Now Harden's gone. Um, it's just kind of disappointing for what seemed like to be a very talented big three that in the end only played 16 games. So um, just pretty disappointing. Yeah, I went with the Nets as well um, for pretty much all the reasons Dan said. It's just like came into the both really came into last year and this year thinking they had to have been one or two in in title odds, um, and they just haven't really performed. I think they're in seventh. Yeah, they're in seventh place right now, which is the first team in the play-in. So for Kevin Durant to be having to maybe play into the playoffs, it's just kind of sad uh, when you think about what was around him. Uh, Joe Harris has missed some time. Uh, Kyrie obviously has missed time with the vaccinations. Harden missed some time, but it's just a, a project that I saw going a lot better for Brooklyn. Um, all three of these teams, I think, have been very disappointing this year. Uh, and again, to the positive side of things in the NBA, who has been the biggest surprise? A. Cleveland Cavaliers at 35 and 23, Toronto Raptors, option B, at 32 and 25. Memphis Grizzlies at 41 and 19 and the Timberwolves at 31 and 28, obviously can still go off the board. I went with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I saw this pod back in, I believe December. I said, I would bet, you know, Atlanta to finish better than Cleveland because I just wasn't sold. Uh, and what JB Bickerstaff and his staff have done with this team is just simply awesome. I mean, I remember last year, Kevin Love, towards the end of a game against Toronto, he like throws the ball away and he's like walking off. And it looked like Kevin Love was so checked out. 
and that things were just really going to get ugly. They brought in a Mich- like the uh, old Michigan coach at one point. Uh, yeah. He was there for like a year. Like I just thought this team was going to be in shambles. Uh, they make some good draft picks, and, and then even Sexton goes down, and you have the emergence of Garland. Mobley was a fantastic pick. Jared Allen, what a trade by Kobe Altman, who's done a fantastic job. And I think people just thought that he was kind of LeBron's puppet man. But here he is making great trades. Um, he goes out and gets LeVert. Rubio. I don't, I, Rubio, exactly. I just love what they've done here in Cleveland. And, and I think, you know, to extend Bickerstaff, it's awesome. Now you're starting to build a culture. And I think uh, for Cleveland, that is awesome. Because I did not think that this was possible for them. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's got to be Cleveland for me. I know a while ago on the pod that we they kind of surged into our power rankings and we were talking, you know, would they be there uh, long term? And, you know, here we are probably over a month later and they're hanging around in all three of our rankings. Um, just unbelievable. The the contributions up and down that that roster that they're getting. I've been like I, I still compare them to the the San Francisco Giants. They're just all doing their role, and when you, everyone does their role, you win games. Um, and I'm I'm really happy that the the Cavs have found success this year. Pretty much the same. Um, it's got to be Cleveland. Um, just no expectation expectations coming into this year, and to do what they're doing right now, uh, and competing for playoff positioning in the East, um, just very surprising. So it's got to be Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland for me as well. Um, shout out to my beloved San Francisco Giants, whom I rode all year last year. Pretty much been on the same train with the Cavs. I think early on this year, I uh, I made that reference to the Giants, and Newman quickly agreed with me. Um, but I like the Cavs a lot. I honestly think I might have said Cavs over Hawks to that question. I, I think uh, you three um, were certainly more hesitant than I was to say that, yeah. if I remember. And that, that was back almost two months ago. Yeah, that was a long Not time one month ago. ago. That was two. It was a long time ago. So that was right before, I believe, Christmas. Yeah, yeah they've been very surprising. And, yeah, I mean, nothing more to say than everyone else has said. Great season for the Cavs. Uh, number five, what is one move from our NFL sim that you'd like to see in real life? So for the clubhouse listeners who don't listen to Gridiron, um, we are doing basically a full NFL offseason simulation uh, in a shorter time period, of course, with uh, the four of us and then Sean and Frankie, who have both been on Gridiron before. Um, we all control five teams, make trades, sign free agents, contract extensions, draft, the whole nine yards. Um, we've entered free agency, so we've seen some bigger moves. We've made some big trades. Uh, so what's one, one move you guys would like to see replicated in real life? Well, first, uh, I'll, I, I picked one of my moves, um, and then I'll get us talk about something else. Uh, I said Rodgers and Adams teaming up elsewhere. I would just love to see this because I'm just so tired of Aaron Rodgers. It's just shut your mouth. He says he, he posts this cryptic thing on Instagram and he goes on the Pat McAfee show, says he took 12 days to express gratitude. Like this guy just needs to get out of Green Bay. And I think like, I just want to see him just in a different uniform next year. And I'd love to see him like go to any other team, team up with Adams again, because Again, they have just such a strong, you know, connection. And just I love I even love them just to win another MVP with a different team. Like I don't know, I just think that would be cool to see uh, him out of Green Bay. I think every GM has done a fantastic job. I will shout out Dan with his work with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think what you've done with them is simply really remarkable. I know they have a lot of cap space, uh, but to to get that left tackle Toronto Armstead, to get Ryan Jensen. To sign Stephon Gilmore, I mean, 
fantastic work, buddy. And, and and you've done great work, and so is Newman. So I'm enjoying it. It's been a great it's been a great time. But shout out to the Bengals because they're going to be damn good again next year. Thank you, thank you. Damn Bengals, who day? Um, let's see. I think I really liked signing Chris Godwin with the Bears. I think I'm, I let Allen Robinson go, and I do like the fit with Godwin uh, with Fields. Um, let's see. There's been so many fucking moves today. That's the thing. Uh, I know there's a couple teams in on JC Jackson. I won't list, but I think those teams all make a lot of sense. Um, and the Chargers are mm-hmm. in on someone that I won't name, but maybe revealed at like 7 p.m. today. But I can't say, so you don't try to steal them. <laughs> but I, I do. Carlton Davis. Time. No, that's a that's a holy overpay. I'm not paying that guy. Um, but everyone's done a fantastic job. This has worked out way better than I thought it would. So good work. Oh. Um. Kind of just to piggyback on what Evan said, my job with the Cincinnati Bengals, I think, like coming into this, I knew I had to fix this whole line. Little did I know I'd be able to get two Pro Bowl type players to fix this offensive line in Toronto Armstead and Ryan Jensen. Um, And really with the amount of cap I have left, I was just looking for somebody at corner. I get Stefan Gilmore to take a one-year prove-it deal. Um, So I really like what I've done there. Um, I will say I like Deshaun Watson to Philly. Um, just kind of the bias there. I kind of hope that happens. Obviously the whole legal situation has to get figured out. Um, but if I had to pick one that wasn't mine, it would probably have to be Chris Godwin going to Chicago. I really like the pairing with Justin Fields. Um, and I think it's really going to help his development, something he needs now that Matt Nagy's gone. Um, you bring in a defensive guy, you better hope that he has a number one target to go to. So I really like the Chris Godwin signing. Yeah, I've liked all the moves mentioned um, previous to my turn to speak. Uh, Dan, I liked the Watson deal we did. I think that was good for both sides. Evan, I liked our Rodgers deal. I thought that was good for both sides. A um, couple moves that I like, a um, couple of mine, I liked Preston Smith and Vander Esch to Cleveland. I think they need some real linebacker help outside of uh, Coramora. Um I really like Derek Carr to Indianapolis, Dan. I think he did a very good job getting rid of Wentz, actually getting decent draft capital, and then finding a, a pretty good replacement for him. I think Derek Carr is a pretty capable quarterback in the NFL. They could win a couple of playoff games with him. Um, there's one more that I fucking – oh, I really like what Rudd's done in Baltimore with the wide receivers. Uh, Antonio Brown may be somewhat unrealistic for him to come back, but he did say he wanted to play with Lamar. Uh, so I like that deal a lot. I wanted him in Green Bay. Uh, and then I really liked the Odell signing by Baltimore as well. So shout out to Rudd on those two moves. But, yeah, it's it's been a fun experience. It's gone actually really well. Uh, shout out to Dan and Newman for yes. uh, working all the salary and all that. You guys have put in a fuck ton of time. So Great job, boys. Shout out to you, too. Uh, question six, back to the NBA. Uh, if the play-in started today, who would be the final teams from each conference? So the way it would work. Uh, Toronto and Brooklyn, the seven and eight would face off and the loser would play the winner of Charlotte, Atlanta, the nine and 10. Um, so the loser plays the winner of that game. And then the winner of that game would be the eight seed. And then on the Western side of things, Minnesota would host the Clippers. And then the loser of that game would play the winner of the Lakers trailblazers game. Uh, yeah, we got it. Um, well, first up, I just this is just so funny. There's this guy on Twitter who just like I don't know, he's like politically motivated, but he he, he puts up these funny ass tweets about like NBA players. 
He says, Ennis Cantor Freedom was a consensus first ballot in the Hall of Famer before taking a stand against communist China. And then he also said today, John Stockton is a better player than LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Steph Curry. It's not even glad, it's just so funny. Um, anyway, in the Eastern Conference, I'm going Toronto, Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn did a fantastic job of getting Dragic. She's going to be so good for them. Newman brought up on a different pod that now you can put Simmons at the five, and I think he'll be more comfortable in that. And then Dragic can take over at the point guard. You have KD. Like, I kind of like what they're doing in Brooklyn. And Toronto's been really good, especially at home. Uh, so I like that a lot for them. And then in the Western Conference, uh, I'm also going to go with the top two teams that are there. Minnesota. Minnesota's been really good. Russell's been good. Uh, Towns has been unbelievable. And then the Clippers, I think, like, their experience, I think, will get them to the playoffs. Eating fucking animal crackers. Um, oh, I love see. animal crackers. Dude, they're frosted. They're so good. Uh, yeah. Um, in the East, I I agree with you. I think Toronto, Brooklyn. I think having a playoff without Kevin Durant, who's probably the best scorer in the history of basketball, would be just criminal. Um, I think in the West, I probably go with Minnesota, and then I'm gonna pick the Lakers. I feel like LeBron just kind of kicks it in a high year in the playoffs, and maybe. I don't know the status of Anthony Davis, but if he comes back, that should be good for them. I think a Lakers Clippers, you know, final play would be pretty awesome for basketball. And I might actually tune in and watch. Um, so I, I'll go with those guys, those four. Um, for the East, I'm going to also go with Toronto and Brooklyn. Um, I think those are just the two best teams out of the four. Um, and I think that would make sense. And then for the West, um, I'll probably go with the Clippers and Lakers, um, for similar reasons. I, I just think those are the two best teams out of that, that four. And like Newman said, uh, LeBron in the playoffs, it's just different instead of having to play over 82 games when you have to play one game at a time, I, I'm going to take LeBron in those games. I am going with Brooklyn and Charlotte. I really like Charlotte. Uh, like I feel like they can beat any team on any given night. Bridges is phenomenal. Ball's phenomenal. Uh, Rogier can get very hot. I don't, is Gordon Hayward even playing? Um, when he played last year, he was very valuable that team. I like them a lot. Uh, I could see them getting in. Obviously, I don't think Brooklyn misses. Uh, and then on the Western side of things, I'm going Minnesota and the Lakers. Uh there's not one big man in those four teams outside of maybe a healthy Anthony Davis that could even come close to stopping Anthony Towns right now, uh, which is why I have Minnesota in. And then again, like it's LeBron James, he's going to win these, these games that matter. So I have the Lakers in at the eight seed. Uh, question number seven, a little NFL talk again. Will Mac Jones win the AFC as a New England Patriot ever? Yes or no? This was tough because. I always said, like, no, because I think they're, like, it, it really feels like a QB arms race in the AFC right now. And I would honestly, like, make the argument to maybe even trading him. I don't think they will, but I would make the argument that they should probably at least think about it. Consider it. Um, but that being said, like, it, it wouldn't shock me if they did because Bill – well, number one, Bill Belichick. And number two, like – Bill knows how to build a good defense. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just had a one year, just like an incredible defense and that just led them to the Super Bowl. So I'll say yes at some point, 
but I just don't know when. But I'm not going to bet against Bill and his ability. Yeah, I think I think I'm actually going to have to say yes. I think it's definitely a possibility. Obviously, Mac that means Mac Jones would have to, you know, outduel one of the like the big five quarterbacks in the AFC. But I, like, there's been so many instances in the past, you know, ten years of defenses just carrying their quarterback. Like Jimmy G is nothing special, and that defense has carried them to a Super Bowl and a, a championship game. You got the Legion of Boom. You got fucking the Broncos winning that Super Bowl over Cam Newton when Peyton Manning really didn't even have to like step on the field at all. So I think, I think it, it, the formula is certainly there and I know the Patriots always seem to have a good defense. So I, I think there's definitely a possibility. I'm going to go with no. Um, I think when you just look at the upside of Mac versus the quarterbacks that are in the AFC, um, it, I just don't know how you can really even compare Mac Jones to those guys. Um, he's just not talented enough. He may be smart enough. He may be a perfect fit for this new England offense, but from a physical standpoint, like we just saw, we saw that divisional game. Mac Jones is not doing what Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes were able to do in under 30 seconds. He just doesn't have the arm. He's just not that physical. Um, and like I said, he's a smart guy. He's going to make all the right decisions, but I just don't think if you're in a game like that, Mac Jones will be able to get you to the promised land. Um, I don't think New England will be kind of like what it was for the past 20 years in terms of just a straight dominant team. Um, Bill Belichick's on the way out. So who knows who's going to take over after that. So I'm just going to say no. I'm going to say yes, Uh, Dan, I can see what you're saying, but like if Mac Jones makes all the right decisions and only takes one mistake from the opposing quarterback, uh, which obviously Mac would have to play perfect. And that's a lot to ask. Um, but to me, like, look at look at Cincinnati in this playoffs, right? Like, nobody really expected them to go to the Super Bowl. And I'm not putting down Joe Burrow at all, but the offense wasn't exactly spectacular throughout the playoffs. It was the defense that made big plays when it mattered, and they picked up big first downs. They're great on third down. But I think you can get it done a number of ways in the NFL. It's not always going to be Mahomes-Allen-type shootout in the playoffs. Like, as good as that game was, I think – more realistic outcomes are the 23-20 Super Bowl where it's you make a couple big plays, but mostly the defenses are, are what what it comes down to in the end. So I'm going to say yes, just because, um, as Newman and Evan alluded to, Belichick and, and the potential of a great defense. So uh, this question number – yeah, One ahead. more point on the Mac uh, Jones subject. I think we also got to see him with maybe a couple more weapons. Like yeah. one – they will get James White back next year, which I, I really think is going to be so big for them uh, because we know what he does out of the passing game, and that's kind of what, what the Pats like to do. I don't know who's going to be the, kind of in charge of the offense, but I do think that uh, will be big. And then also, like, if they do get, like, a couple weapons, I like, I'd like to see how that looks. Like, if they can get, like, a big-name receiver, even someone who, you know, is better than whatever they got right now. Like, I think we also got to see, like, we're not going to be able to see Mac with a Jamar Chase or a T Higgins and a yeah. Tyler Boyd. Like I, I would have to bet, like if he had those guys, that offense would be top 10 for easily and top, maybe top five with Nixon. So I don't know. That's kind of my counterpoint. Yeah. That, that's a good point. I, I mean, think about the offenses at Alabama when he had Waddle and Smith, they were amazing. So. Uh, moving on, uh, this question inspired by the beautiful day we're having today in New England. Uh, if you had to pick the ideal weather to have every day for a year, what would it be? 
well, I'm not here to be a critic, but the problem with today, if there is a problem, is that it's windy. It's 20 it degrees windy. Uh, wind outside, and yeah, it could be 65, 70, but the problem is it kind of feels more so like 55, maybe 50. No, it feels wind. like fucking 60, dude. Ooh, the wind bit. is chilly. Uh, I am always cold, so yeah, maybe that's a knee problem. Like but a baby. 20 miles an hour, it's, it's, just, it's not ideal. So for me, it's 75 degrees, low humidity sunny you know those are just the best days like i'm sorry but that's just how it is <laughs> i think you know I, I actually have this debate all the time with my friends here but i think between 65 and 70 with a slight breeze in the sun is perfect weather to go outside play some spike ball throw a frisbee around and it won't fucking blow down the street so i'm gonna go like that mid-range <laughs> not too hot not too cold you can wear shorts if you want like that weather is perfect. This is going to be pretty specific of what I'm getting at, but it's going to be a nice like 70 degree day in the sun. And the exact weather I'm looking for is like baseball season, like practice weather. Like when it's just a perfect day for baseball practice, like that type of weather, when you're just having a really good day of practice, that's the weather I would always want. It's just very relaxing. It's very nice out it's beautiful you're not too there's hot enough, in your baseball pants it's beautiful there's nothing better than a, a nice may may afternoon big bubba session isn't that right nothing like uh, it. <laughs> just really took me back there dan i got i can't lie i love that um i'm fucking right with you too i got 67 sunny slight breeze i just want to live in the month of may year round i think mm-hmm. may is the best fucking month for weather you get a couple 80s a couple 55s, but mostly right around 65. It's perfect. A little rain to keep everything nice and green. A little sun. It's never too breezy. It's fucking, I just love May. Also my birth month, so maybe a little bias. But uh, last question of the lineup card today before we uh, move to the rant and then conclude. Uh, name one athlete who doesn't get enough appreciation from their own fans. Um, I don't know too many of these fans, but... I think Matt Ryan would have to be my answer. I mean, what he's been able to do uh, in the career that he's built in Atlanta, I think, you know, he, he is kind of underrated with what he's done. Some would argue, you know, Hall of Fame, he's won an MVP. Like, this guy's gotten the job done uh, within Atlanta. And I think some people kind of blame him, you know, for the 28-3 collapse. Like, he almost won them a Super Bowl, too. But – a lot kind of went wrong there. He made a great throw to Julio Jones on the sideline that probably should have iced the game away. You know, it did take a sack or two, and then the penalties hurt them. But um, the defense did also. But I think Matt Ryan has has really given his blood, sweat, and tears to the Atlanta Falcons. And I sometimes think he's underrated just in general, but also I do think he's probably underrated within Falcons fans. It's a great one. A good one. I can't, I can't. I've been thinking about this question for like an hour. I, I think I'm gonna have to break the rules and just go with anyone who plays for the Yankees because those fans are just so fucking toxic. Like Lemayhew two years ago, Lemayhew playing at like an MVP level two years ago. He has a down year this year, and they're ready to fucking trade his ass out of there. It's like, dude, that guy's <laughs> like your best player. You know, they even hate on Judge and Stanton and all their their pitchers not named Garrett Cole. It's like, holy shit. Not like I would hate to be a fucking Yankees fan, you know. That's just brutal. Um, this one may be slightly biased. Um, 
but I'm going to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. And this isn't even just 49ers fans. I feel like this is a lot of NFL fans. A lot of people like the shit on Jimmy Garoppolo. And sometimes I do as well. Um, I don't think he's the most elite quarterback, but I don't think enough people recognize how effective of a quarterback he actually is. Um, this guy has been to two conference championship games as an NFL quarterback, which a lot of court, like you can't say that. Um, yes, at times it looks like he's not that great. He doesn't have the most elite arm, but I mean, everyone's expecting him to be shipped out of San Francisco this year. Um, and we're just start, now starting to hear reports that he may not. Um, I think he catches a lot of flack that he doesn't deserve. Um, I know I kind of look like him, so it's a little biased, but uh, <laughs> a little two to your own horn there. Huh, Got myself in the back. Um, I fucking love Jimmy Garoppolo. I loved him when he was in New England. Uh, I went and traded for him right away in our sim. He's a Washington commander now, which I think he would find some success there. Um, but I'm going to go with Charlie Coyle. And this is more specific to like the last two years. I mean, he, it was well documented. He went uh, 30 plus games without a point last year. Uh, and this year he's kind of been asked to play a, a couple different roles, he's been third line center for most of the year where I think he's at his best, but he's been playing second line center lately um, with the absence of Bergeron having the concussion. Uh, and he's just so fucking solid as a player. Like he's such a 200 foot player. He's got 12 goals, 12 assists, so not huge numbers this year, but 24 points in 50 games. It's a half a point a game, uh, which is all you can really ask from a third-line player like that. He kills penalties. He really doesn't make mistakes. He's physical, and he's just so solid. Like, with the puck, he protects the puck so well with his body. He doesn't turn it over, and he's just smart. I love watching him play, and uh, I feel like not enough Bruins fans appreciate how important he is to the Boston Bruins. I remember we had a discussion back what, a couple months ago, and I was like, he's probably got like, what, three goals? Yeah. They have like eight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I really like Charlie Cole. Moving on, uh, we'll conclude with Evan's rant today. I'm not sure what it's about, but yeah. uh, let me know when to start the timer, buddy. Yeah, so this is uh, going to be a rant. Good, you're good. Uh, it's going to be a rant a little bit about my personal life and uh, my morning routine. Uh, when, whenever I get up, I like to go take a nice shower to wake up to kind of get the blood pumping a little bit. You know, just just to wake up. Um, used to take night showers. Had to switch to morning. Um, and I get up yesterday at like six forty-five, seven eight a.m. and I want to eat breakfast. And the bathroom is right next to my. Uh, like my because i live in a dorm so it's like right next to my room the fucking cleaning lady's in there oh my god the bathroom's I know closed. i'm like are you fucking kidding me the closest bathroom i gotta go down two levels wearing my towel nothing else um and carrying my little whatever you want to call it and then i get so this is yesterday i get to the uh to the bathroom and i go into the stall i start the water the water just shoots <laughs> The thing's not like screwed on tight enough, so water's just shooting in a million fucking directions. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? My fucking towel's already halfway soaked after one minute. I'm like, are you fucking? So now I gotta go back up the stairs in a fucking damp towel. It's just atrocious, really. Um, and I was fucking pissed off. Uh, it was just too early. And this morning, uh, my class is a little bit later, eleven ten, and I'm like, okay. I'll go take my shower like I normally do. And I, the fucking, the cleaning cart right outside the bathroom door. I'm like, are you, you fucking kidding me? Why is she cleaning the bathroom at 10 a.m.? Clean it at like noon when people are done showering. It, it makes no fucking sense. Uh, so I got to, you know, do the same shit. 
And then someone's in the fucking, because uh, there's two stalls. So I'm like, okay, I got to get the one that doesn't shoot water everywhere. And of course, someone's in that fucking stall. So I have to go back to, to the one that just shoots everywhere. I try to spin it a little bit. I got it a little bit tighter. Uh, but it was just really a tough couple last couple of days for my showers. And if she's in there tomorrow, um, I got to learn some Spanish to say something to her. <laughs> and unbelievable, right? Oh, that's so relatable, dude. There's so many mornings last year in Gibbs where I was going to the bathroom, not to take a shower, but to use the bathroom. And it's just like, it's like 11.30 in the morning, cart. Or it's 8.30 in the morning, cart. It's like they fucking are just always in the goddamn bathroom. It's out of control, really. It is out of control. And you're right. Almost not, no, no harm in it, but almost none of them speak English here, UNH. So right. it's very difficult to uh, even to say hello and just be pleasant. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucked. It's fucked. All right. Should we wrap up here? Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week, Newman. You have it. Later. Peace. Put your tears away, ain't no fear today You can drive off towards that summertime sunset It's what you ain't done yet, take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets, I'll be the one who accepts